Infertility is on the rise in America. It's a heartbreaking struggle couples often go through alone. Today, Dr. Danielle Lewis and I are going to share with you another piece of the puzzle you might not know is even an option for you. There is so much more you can do beyond the reproductive endocrinologist to help you get and maintain a healthy pregnancy. Get ready because this interview is so good. Welcome to the Road to Living Whole podcast. I'm your host, Marion Mitchell. I help people diagnosed with chronic disease figure out how to eat so you can live life again. This podcast is going to teach you my realistic approach to eating well with chronic disease, plus all the lifestyle strategies that are essential to truly having the life you dream of. Need a friend to help you plan meals, navigate the complicated healthcare system, and regain confidence again? I see you, friend and I have the answers you've been seeking. Grab your kombucha notebook, let's dive in. Dr. Lewis, thank you so much for joining the Road to Living Whole podcast today. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to this discussion. Yeah, I'm really thrilled to have you here and to talk about navigating integrative care for infertility. Um, We've been working together, I think it's about a year now, and you're an incredible doctor, and I'm really just excited to share you and the, your knowledge with the community. Before we really dive in, I would really love for you to tell us who you are, your background, where you practice, and your specialty. Awesome. Well, like you said, my name is Dr. Danielle Lewis. I am a naturopathic physician here in the very sunny, and it's actually sunny today, Phoenix, Arizona. A little bit about my background. Before I decided to become a doctor, I actually did physical therapy and did a lot of work with like orthopedics and women's health and like even brain injury and spinal cord injury there, I then decided I want to become a doctor. So I went to school here at SCNM and I focused my studies on, because I knew I, I wanted to specialize in women's health. So I focused my studies on women's health. As naturopaths, we don't have to do residencies, but I chose to do a two-year residency part at a naturopathic clinic. And then the other part at a gynecologist office because I really wanted to hone my skills and be able to offer integrative care to my patients. And so I always say I kind of operate on the spectrum with women's health where if I need to prescribe, I can prescribe, but if you want me to hug trees with you, I can hug trees with you too. So, (laughs) and so then that has led me to starting my own practice where I focus on working with people who, um, anybody who identifies as female who wants to either um, stabilize their hormones and all the pieces that come along with that, which I'm sure we're going to talk about, um, and then also are interested in, in um, you know, attaining and maintaining a, a healthy pregnancy, especially for patients who are over the age of 35. I work with any age group, but especially for those patients over the age of 35 here in Phoenix. That's awesome. I love it. I do want to talk about infertility a bit. Um, It's an extremely sensitive topic and there's a lot of conflicting information out there. I'm really excited to talk about how a couple can work with a reproductive medical doctor. I think it's a reproductive endocrinologist, correct? Correct. Yeah. And then an integrative medical doctor. Um, I took just throw a few stats out there. According to the CDC, infertility in America is on the rise. Um, We are seeing seeing declining sperm counts. Um, They say as of now, 6% of women struggle to get pregnant after a year of trying and 12% can get pregnant, but then struggle to carry to term. Um, I don't really like to put all the focus on women, but um, 
you know, because 35% of the case at all is also the male factor. And I know that you will address both of that when you're working with a couple. Um, but beyond the, beyond the numbers, these are people who just really desire kids and there are emotional effects that are far reaching. There's heartbreak and turmoil and frustration, depression, anxiety, hopelessness, guilt, and feelings of worthlessness. I know that naturopathic doctors really care about the whole person, which I think is huge and it will really benefit couples a lot. Can you share with us more about the allopathic approach to infertility and what couples are typically going through right now? So one thing to bring up, like you said, that number one in six is far or 6% as far as for the women that struggle to get pregnant along with that really for you to be, I guess, diagnosed as being infertile is usually after you've tried, if you're a healthy couple under the age of 35, who has been trying to achieve for a year. So usually most um, physicians, and especially if you're trying to get it covered by insurance, and one, one know we'll talk a little bit about that later, are not going to really see you for fertility until you've been trying to achieve for a year. And so with that being said, you know, you, you may go to see either a reproductive specialist or your gyne or a fertility specialist, and they will try to figure out maybe what's going on with your cycle, but it's mainly from a hormonal level. It's very focused. It's very linear. Whereas naturopaths look at like the whole person and trying to figure out what may be contributing to your symptoms. And then as far as treatments, usually there's medications that can be used because we're focusing our, you know, the thoughts on, or your treatment on fertility. All we're worried about is like, are you ovulating or not? Do you have a viable egg? that is ready to be fertilized by hopefully healthy sperm, right? And so these are the two things that are focused on. So either the medications are going to help you ovulate at a certain time, if we're using them, um, if you're doing like a, what's called an IUI, where maybe the sperm is being placed intrauterine and, and, and then being fertilized that way. If you're moving on to IVF, there's the sperm and the egg are manipulated outside of the body and then implanted back into, and there's different various forms of, of kind of like this artificial insemination, this art therapy that can be used in order to, um, for the patient to achieve pregnancy. And, and it's, it's pretty much just focused on that. Let's have you ovulate. So this is going to increase your chances. Can we, or can we pick that main dominant, hopefully healthy egg to, to then fertilize and then place back in to the, into the uterus. And it, sometimes it can take several rounds of doing that. A lot of times it takes like injections or, you know, um, the partner taking medications in order to induce these pregnancies are, I would say without getting like into a whole deep, like science lesson are the, right. are the main kind of like summary. Um, and I'm sure we're going to, we're going to have, this is going to spark other discussions for us to have down the line too. Definitely. Um, you know, as far as that allopathic approach. Yeah. So now that people have a really clear picture of what that looks like, how do you need integrative or naturopathic doctors approach that differently? Like I'm assuming that it would be best if people were to come to you before they even start trying. And then, you know, we will, let's start there and then we'll move into, okay, what if they're not there yet? They're listening to this. They're in the middle of trying and they're in, out of, you know, reproductive 
uh, fertility office and how can they start with you there? So let's start with before, like when you're, when you decide you want to start trying and then we'll move to after, you know, if they're already in the process and then they decide they want to go in a holistic route. So let's start before. Okay. Trying. Yes. So first, you know, I, I deal with patients of all ages who know that maybe one day they want to get pregnant. Right. But they have their menstrual cycles aren't regular or they're super heavy. There's just, they're, they're not balanced. And so really at any age that you decide that you would like to get pregnant, I always tell people, if you know, if you're planning pregnancy, I know it's not always planned, (laughs) but if you're planning pregnancy, like, you know, happy baby, happy mama, happy baby is kind of like what I say. So let's make sure that you have optimal health and you're feeling good and your cycle is normalizing. You know, when you start trying like what you should be looking for as far as, you know, tracking your cycle and looking at those different signs and things for fertility, we can do, you know, blood work and then make sure where your levels are at. So that when you do and, and optimize those levels so that when you do start trying, it hopefully is not such a stressful process because this can turn into a very stressful process really quickly. And so that's when any of my patients that come to me saying, you know, like, I, I would think I want to start trying me and my partner, we want to start trying, we're considering pregnancy. This is what it looks like. I'm always like, you know, let's, let's figure out what's going on with your body. Make sure we don't have any like inflammation. Let's check your lifestyle. I just make sure that you as the host, I, we used to joke around about this in my embryology class about like, you know, like when they're describing pregnancy, it kind of sounds like a parasite. I know it's probably horrible to say on this fertility, but you know, it's a symbiotic relationship, you know, between you, <laughs> but let's make sure that we create the the best environment for this, for, you know, for you to host this environment for, to have a, to attain and maintain a healthy pregnancy. So hopefully you don't have to deal with some of the other things that some women unfortunately have to deal with when it comes time to try to conceive. Yeah. So we want to make sure that inflammation's under control, that their, their nutrients their micronutrients are balanced, that they don't have deficiencies because, you know, when you're hosting or carrying a child, (laughs) carrying a child, you are their sole source of nutrition. So they will take from you to have a viable pregnancy that will leave you depleted after. So the more, you know, and if you're already depleted, then the baby doesn't have, may not have what it needs to be able to be carried to term. So it's really important to really address nutrition and health before the pregnancy, especially if you're able to plan. I was one of those that was surprised, you know, but I always knew I wanted kids. So I was already preparing way beforehand. I was like, you know, they were like, Oh, you know, if you want to have kids, you should take prenatal vitamins. So I was taking prenatal vitamins since I was like 15, you know, because I always knew I wanted to be a mom. And so, but that's not everybody. Right. Um, most of my friends have struggled with pregnancy taking a year and a half, two, three, four years. And they wish that they had had this piece beforehand that they had known that this was a thing beforehand. So now that we've talked about that, let's talk about, okay, there's a couple, they're working with a reproductive endocrinologist. You've told me that you get referred patients referred to you from reproductive endocrinologists because they can only have that narrow focus and yours is so much more broad. So what does it look like when a, a couple is seeing two different practitioners for the same problem and, and how does that relationship work and how do they differ from each other? So one thing I always impress upon my patients who are working with me and another practitioner, especially another physician, is like we want to be clear on 
what each other's roles are. Like, what am I taking the lead? Is the reproductive endocrinologist taking the lead? And so at our first discussion, we, we figure out all those moving pieces. Are you, are you going to take a, a break from, have, how many rounds have you done? Are you going to take a break from IUIs or IVF? And you're going to try to, and you're going to solely focus on this, or are you, are you scheduled for another <laughs> IVF round like next week? And you're wanting me to optimize your health in the week. You know what I'm saying? So we get clear and on what, where the patient is in the process, what their goals are. Of course, the goal is ultimately to have a baby, but like, and what they, I always try to get an idea because sometimes people come to naturopaths with like these kind of preconceived notions of what they think the process, like I'm just going to give them a couple of supplements and they're going to like magic supplements and they're going to be good to go. And it's, it's work. It's work to really, I, I always tell my patients, like I'm your healthcare advocate. I have a lot of really great ideas. Um, doesn't mean you're going to do them or like them <laughs> or anything. So that's where we kind of have to start is with like, what are your, what are your clear goals? Where are we at in the process? And then, and then where are we going? And then be realistic about the steps it's going to take to be, to get there. And so it's, there's still a level of, you know, we have to figure out according to our timeline, really as mom, as far as mom um, and carrying the baby and how we can best optimize in the amount of time that we have. So ideally, if I can, if I can work with the patient prior to them starting the process, that's always ideal, but you definitely get patients that come to have been referred and they're trying to figure out what their next step should be. Lifestyle is still very important. And so, and then uh, like, there's so much information on the internet in regards to supplements and everything. So I will tell you a lot of it is like, really looking and managing those supplements. And a lot of times I'm actually taking things away that they don't need. And there's certain supplements that shouldn't be used and in certain part, like along with certain medications. So really looking at fine tuning that. And then acupuncture is actually a really, that's probably the main thing that I get um, referred for is using um, along with like the lifestyle stuff and just helping them navigate that is acupuncture because there's a lot of really great research around um, like either pre-implantation or around ovulation certain points that can be that can be used to help and the other thing about acupuncture that's nice is like I said this can be a very stressful process for people and you'd be amazed at how well you can relax with a bunch of needles stuck in you like I have my patients who are like super high strung and I'm like let me just like pin you to the table for like <laughs> 20 to 30 minutes and like and do these very strategic points to help you process your stress better and help you just feel better because even the process of like injecting yourself and being on a schedule and scheduling, you know, sexual intercourse or different things like that, or scheduling these implantations, that whole process can be super stressful. And a lot of times I just find myself managing that piece um, either through like, um, like lifestyle techniques and or acupuncture and different, you know, tools that we have to do to do that. So I would probably say that's the the main, I always request records from the endocrinologist, um, the reproductive endocrinologist. Um, most of the times they will stay in, like, if they're questioning my treatment plan, they'll stay in contact too. So we're in contact with each other. If we have to hop on the phone, we can, because at the end of the day, the most important person is the person who's trying to conceive, right? The couple who's trying to conceive. And so, and so once, you know, making sure we're clear on that communication, everything makes that process a lot easier. And I think it's actually really beneficial for patients to have, and I feel like the patients who have both of those components the process, they feel more supported through the process I've heard and ultimately end up having um, better results. 
Awesome. I can, I can definitely see that. I love that you brought up acupuncture. Um, I, I definitely, I want to do an episode on acupuncture later because I believe in it so strongly because it does work on so many different levels, not only with relaxing certain muscles and stimulating certain pathways, but relaxation and all of that. So what I'm hearing is that you get to take up the, the lifestyle side, the, the compassionate side, the, you're able to provide tools beyond, you know, medication and then to really help them just put themselves first and take care of themselves. And you're able to not only address stress management, which is huge. Most people end up, I've heard so many people that get that take a break and then end up getting pregnant because just a huge weight's been lifted off. And it's like, wouldn't it be nice that through the process to be able to relax and have it happen sooner than later, but also, you know, you talk, um, you have a, a new booklet on nutrition for hormone balancing. And part of getting pregnant is having optimized hormones. So, um, you know, we talk about food and also lifestyle and stress management, but in this process, are you going to run any tests beyond what the reproductive endocrinologist is going to do? Like uh, what are some tools that couples could potentially look for to help optimize their hormone health and their body's ability to carry a child to term. What are some things that you can do even in the middle of the process that would be helpful? So I would say it's kind of like, I would kind of split this in twofold as far as lab work is concerned and, and talk about, cause I do see a lot of patients from reproductive endocrinologists, but the majority of my patients I would say are coming to me from a dine who they maybe have expressed to their, to their guy and that they're interested to start getting pregnant. And so they maybe just show them about, you know, pregnancy planning and tell them to eat better and run like a couple of labs. And so then I'm running the majority of the labs in that way. So I would say a lot of patients come from that part of it because a reproductive endocrinologist is usually going to run a pretty large gamut of like, of labs, like, especially if the patient's over, the, um, over the age of 35. And I already considered this, you know, the word that they like to use is like, if they do get pregnant as a geriatric pregnancy, which like makes me cringe every single time. It's like, it just makes you feel old, right? You're like, you're 35, you're not old. So they usually come with like the genetic testing and, and like the looking at AMH and estradiol vitamin D is, I have been seeing that run a lot more, thank goodness, even though, (laughs) you know, insurance doesn't like to always pay for it, but it's, I think it's a very important lab looking at all the hormones, testosterone, um, DHEA, I would say outside of like the sex hormones and thyroid. So it's thyroid, AMH, DHEA, testosterone, estradiol, progesterone. Um, Progesterone is kind of hit and miss sometimes because usually they like to run labs on day three. So they're looking at estradiol and they're not necessarily looking at progesterone. Whereas as a naturopathic doctor, I would usually run if the patient has a normal cycle, like of between 19 um, between days 19 of 20 and 21 of their cycle, look at progesterone, possibly along with some of these other markers, repeat them. And then the other one that I don't see ran by um, anybody usually is cortisol. So we're back to that discussion about um, stress, like it's a stress hormone and figuring out, you know, cortisol can be, if it's too high, it can be very pro-inflammatory. If it's too low, you can feel, you can feel very depleted and your body might ha- not have that you know, be able to deal with outside stressors and things like that while you're trying to conceive. A lot, a lot of times doctors aren't screening for that. I will start with a blood test, looking at AM cortisol and kind of seeing where those numbers are at, but ideally doing a 24 hour 
salivary cortisol is going to give us a better idea. And then outside of that, looking at more specialty labs, because just like you mentioned in my book, I talk a lot about nutrition and uh, well, really, I really just talk about nutrition as the basis for helping to harmonize your hormones and, and balance your hormones. And so digestion is very important. So sometimes I'll look at like, if, especially if a patient is experiencing digestive issues, you know, the majority of your immune system sits in your gut. And so you want to make sure that we're addressing, you know, we're talking about inflammation and stuff like that, that we're addressing the gut. Um, and a lot of times I find if patients, their gut health isn't good, they can't even assimilate or break down the nutrients that we're trying to put in their body for them to be able to use them in the first place. A food sensitivity panel at times, because I say also, just because something's good for you doesn't mean it's good for you. <laughs> so yes. maybe your body's not able to process certain foods that are for you causing inflammation. Like I, garlic, I had for one patient come up and it was definitely evident that her body just did not like garlic. And so we had to do work around that. I'm and sure she loved favorite, it too. And it was like her favorite food. <laughs> oh, she did. Oh, and it was off the charts So she was like garlic and she hadn't been like trying to self-treat and when she was trying to self-treat for garlic it was like indicated for her. so it was like she's like what and so then once we got rid of that she turned the corner and then I'd probably say the other there's a, there's other ones depending on the patient's case but would be a micronutrient panel because a lot of times like I said my patients are showing up and they're they're taking so many supplements trying to put nutrients in their body that they've read about online. And it's like, well, let's see what nutrients you and your cells need. So running that micronutrient panel can be a game changer and help us really to like hone in on what exactly that patient needs. I love it. I love it. Those are all my favorite tests. <laughs> all right. So let's talk about the big question. These couples are already putting a lot of money into IUIs and IVFs. Is, is naturopathic medicine typically covered by insurance or is it cash pay? And what can, what does that look like? And what, why, what is the benefit of cash pay? Let's, let's also add that question in there. I'm in Arizona and in Arizona, it is not covered by insurance. And so it is fee for service, but I actually had one of my patients kind of break down, like how much she had spent, like, you know, via insurance and co-pays and deductibles and everything one year to when she shipped her, because here you can use like health savings accounts. So if you, if you have that available to use, so like an HSA or, or an FSA card. And so she switched her insurance where she was, and it's pre-taxed, right? So she's putting that money away when she knew how much you, money she was spending with me. You, It is fee for service, but she was like, I'm spending way less money actually doing it this way. And I'm getting this, you know, this, this tax, you know, benefits from it too, um, than I was spending before. And, you know, for most of my patients, after we've like achieved their goals, they're usually like, there's other stuff that usually we're moving into, especially for my fertility patients, once they're pregnant, you know, that was like the big goal, but then they're like, oh yeah, by the way, I kind of have this going on, but they've already done a lot of that foundational work so that, and they know what I'm going to tell them about diet and exercise and lifestyle and things and all that, so that they need me less. Um, so, and the other thing is when it comes to labs, what I find is, especially for these, um, the labs that are for, for that are deemed as fertility labs, like AMH and stuff like that. Um, if we run, if we try to run them through insurance, a lot of times they're getting a huge bill on the other end. And so they don't, they 
and they don't know what that bill you can call. No, no insurance is ever going to guarantee you what they're going to bill you until it's actually billed, right? To get that bill. And so with running labs, I have really good um, prices on cash labs. And with that, you you know what your bill is. And and same thing for care. You're not going in having an office visit and then getting a you know a bill later because you haven't met your deductible or whatever. Like you, I always tell my patient, you know, this is the um, cost of my initial visit. At that first visit, I really break down for them. Like this is where I see your path going. How often we're going to have to meet these labs, what they cost, and you know that that's what your cost is going to be. You're not going to get a bill from me later, a huge bill from me later. Yeah. Uh, in our field, we always joke about how we work ourselves out of a job. It's an upfront investment. And then they, they mm-hmm. you know, when they come back like once a year, I haven't had insurance for a very long time since um, the American, the Affordability Act came into place. So I've always been cash pay. And I have to say it's so much more affordable to pay mm-hmm. cash in this environment. Uh, insurance doesn't cover very much. I know that insurance rarely, uh, rarely does cover fertility, uh, the fertility process. And when you're addressing the root cause, you're making yourself uh, a, your, your, your nutrients are there. The inflammation has been reduced, everything. Then you get more bang for your buck when it comes to the IUIs and the IVFs that you may need to get pregnant. That, that is something that couples may be required to go through. And if it works the first or second time, you're saving so much money on the back end. Exactly. Yeah. There's definitely been like studies that have come out showing that, you know, to, to make sure you like all the work you do on the front end and the best you do on, on the front end can actually decrease the rounds. Like if you do decide to go to IUI or IVF route, like you can de- decrease those by 20, 30%, which is significant because these aren't cheap procedures that no. you're, that you're having in. So you're investing maybe, you know, anywhere from a couple hundred to a couple thousand dollars on the front end and you're saving because sometimes IBS for at some clinics can be upwards of $10,000 per round. Yeah per round that you're paying for 10,000. So imagine you don't have to do, if you lessen that by 20 or 30%, that's a, a pretty significant number just by doing some work on the front end. Right. So you're already basically doing a cash pay procedure when you're going to a reproductive exactly. endocrinologist. So when you spend typically the tests are what I would say anywhere from like 300 to maybe 700, depending on what, how extensive the labs are and right. that, you know, that, and so compare that to 10,000. So if you're going to spend 10,000, why not spend a thousand, you know, 1500 on naturopathic care. That's going to help make sure that your nutrients are where they need to be. And your stress, you, you know, you have really great stress management and your lifestyle is really keyed in so that your money goes longer. And you need, I know somebody who spent 90,000 to have a child, 90,000, yeah. you know, and if you can cut that down to, you know, less than, less than 15,000, that's huge, huge. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. So, and you can, they can start seeing you anytime in the process. They can put everything on hold. They can take a few months, however long it needs to take. Every person's going to be different three, six months to really just, if it takes that long to really just kind of set the stage and lay the groundwork to, for their body to be receptive to treatment. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm so glad that you, that you said that in regards to like the specifics of the costs and, and how much, how much that you can save. And I think that I'm appreciative of you doing podcasts like this, as far as helping to spread the word and helping people to understand the process, because I think that, you know, a lot of times there's a a level of impatience. Like I, I, 
you know, when it comes to working with me, I always tell my moms, like, please give me minimum, like three, four months, kind of depending on what's going on with you, your cycle, your inflammation, you know, if you have any other like diagnoses that we're trying to like make sure under control before we start. A lot of times they don't listen to me. And I know part of it (laughs) is because I'm like, please try to avoid pregnancy. A part of it is because they, if you have been trying, or as my patients say, I haven't not not been trying (laughs) to get pregnant for like several years. You've kind of already had this mindset that you're not fertile. And then I'll just tell one story of example with a patient where she had been trying or not, not try <laughs> for 12 years. And she um, had some pretty significant things going on with her menstrual cycle. She was, it was super heavy. She didn't like to leave the house, she liked to exercise. She never knew it was going to come on. And it was super heavy. And uh, when it did come on and, and she was vegan, but she was a vegan that ate like morning star and like stuff like that. Um, so like still super processed foods, I would say. Yeah. And wasn't really getting vegetables in the diet. And I was like, okay, you like, you really did give me, I went at six months with her just because of how irregular her cycle was. And I was like, you know, this is like the first three and four months is like regulating your cycle. And then we really hit the fertility stuff. And all, as far as I got <laughs> was the, cause everybody starts with lifestyle nutrition with me. That's everybody starting place with me. And, you know, we threw in some vegetables, we took out the processed foods we did some, you know, some planning around just like, you know, can we get on the treadmill for five minutes? It's in the house. If your period starts, at least you're in the house and like, you know, a mental mindset around, you know, certain, ha- you know, habits and stress management. And then there was a couple of things that came up in her labs. Like she was hypothyroid, didn't know that we were like addressing two, two months. She was pregnant, just had her baby in January. I'm still waiting for my picture. That's so exciting. (laughs) And if you're listening to this in the picture, we love babies. (laughs) We love the babies. And so I think that people, a lot of times don't, if they don't understand the process, it's hard to trust the process in the beginning. You're like, give me three to four months to do what? And you're not, there's not really like your, your goal you want is a baby, right? So you're just thinking, I need to do everything. I need to keep trying to have this baby. And I'm telling you to kind of like chill a little bit. Let's work on you. Let's get you feeling better. But you're just worried about having this baby. So sometimes it's hard for people to understand how important it is to implement these, these lifestyle and how, like how huge of a difference it can make in their ability to, to attain and maintain a pregnancy. So that is really cool. Yeah, Yeah, my pleasure. (laughs) So, and you know, we've talked about the role that food plays like nutrition is huge. It lays the foundation. It's not the end all be all like there, obviously there's going to be more, but it lays the foundation. And then we've talked about stress management, like how important that is. And really you can't, you know, it's kind of like when you're on the airplane, you put your mask on first for oxygen before you start worrying about other people. And that's kind of how it is with fertility. You have to take care of yourself. You have to make sure that you are able, you have what a child is going to need because you're not just carrying this child. You're literally giving it life. You're giving it nutrition and everything that you're taking in. So the the better habits that you have, the more healthy habits that you have, the more nutrition that you have, the stress and everything, all of that's going to make the whole process that much better, including labor and delivery and, and the fourth trimester recovery down the road. So what you're doing now lays the foundation for the whole process. So thank you so much for sharing that with us. Can you tell people how they can connect with you? 
So you can go to my website. My website has a little bit is a little bit different. It's harmony.care instead of .com. So it's you would go to harmony h-a-r-m-o-n-y.care c-a-r-e. And on my website, um, if you guys are interested in downloading that um, ebook, there's a pop up. You just sign up for my email list. I, I promise I don't send a ton of emails. You might get a newsletter like <laughs> once a month and like um, a different. Um, different information via that. I'm not one that's going to, you're going to wake up with the daily email from, but it also would give you access to that free ebook that is full of a lot of the foundational information that I give my patients um, around nutrition. You can also follow, and then you can also request a 15 minute meet and greet with me. I do meet and greets to make sure that whatever it is you are looking to have my help with, I'm a good fit for you. And also to give you an idea of how I practice to make sure that's what you're looking and wanting to sign up for. So I've found those to be very beneficial with getting um, people in front of me that are, are ready to do that work and and um, and just a good and then fit. understand that yeah and just a good fit and and um, overall. So you can request that via the website. You can either text the office or call the office. And then you can also follow me on Instagram. And my handle on Instagram is doc, is my name, doc, at Dr. Danielle Lewis. Um, I probably post there um, the most than I, than I do on my other um, social media. So yeah, and I'll have links to all of this and your bio in the show notes. So if you guys are interested in connecting with her, go head over there. I've gotten a chance to look at her ebook. It's a phenomenal. I highly recommend downloading it. Thank you. Um, especially, and this isn't just for fertility. If you're having any sort of hormone issues, hypothyroid, PCOS, your cycle's weird. It's a really great place to start. So I highly recommend downloading it. Again, Dr. Lewis, thank you so much for being on the show. This is really helpful. And I look forward to more episodes down the road where we get to really dive into hormones and pregnancy and all sorts of good stuff. Perfect. I look forward to it too. This was fun. And I, I hopefully there's some beneficial information here for somebody. So I appreciate um, you taking the time to interview me. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. If you found this episode helpful, would you do me a favor and help others find it by leaving a review, sharing a screenshot on social media, or sharing the link with a friend? By you sharing what you've learned, others are able to find this podcast and join our community. Be sure to check out my website, www.roadtolivingwhole.com for over 160 delicious recipes, a variety of meal plans, and a blog packed full of even more healthy living tips. If you'd like to learn more about how to work with me as your coach, you can schedule a free consult through www.roadtolivingwhole.com backslash health-coaching backslash. Until next time, friend. Bye.